Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, you're in? Nope. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're in? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, now I finally got this. I had to... I had to update some shit and everything. Um, so... Yeah, you're in your car, you're in Third Ward. I'm in Third Ward, I'm outside the, uh... The Houston Towers... Houston Towers. Why are you there? Because I'm on my way to Meyerland. Meyerland. How'd they say it? Meyerland. Well, I, I've always called it Meyerland. Um, what are you doing over there? There's going to be a... Um, so I got I got a kid, and uh, I'm mm-hmm. trying to see if I want to sit on the middle school there, because it's a performing arts school, because I'm all artsy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And because my dad, my dad went to art school in Newark, uh, it's called Arts High in Newark, which, uh, believe it or not, is the same high school that Michael B. Jordan went to. Yeah. As well as um, some other folks. But, yeah, anyway. So, I'm trying to get my kid into the uh, the Houston version of that, but for middle school. Because, obviously, HSPVA downtown is the, uh, is the real fame school of Houston. And, um... Are we live right now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're live. This, are you going to edit it? Maybe I don't know. We'll try to figure some stuff out. Wait, what's what's the name of the middle school? Myerland Middle School, I think. Oh, oh Myerland Middle School. Okay, well, good luck with that. Um, yeah. well, I mean, we're trying to do a test run. This is this is the test run episode. Yeah, because this has been we trying to. We spent fifteen minutes. Wait, wait, we spent I don't know how long trying to uh, figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. Just I had to update some stuff on my laptop and just um Yeah, yeah, you, you still you still uh you're still okay on the name. I like Craig and them. I don't know. I've always been partial to that. Craig just, and them. Well, just uh, I I wanna add I wanna put add you in the mix as well. Just you know just All right, but if you do that we you can't say any wild stuff and you can't talk bad about people. Especially, I don't be on no Kanye stuff. Okay, well, I mean, what do we? Well, I mean, you you sent me a list of things to talk about, and um, first potential. off, potential potential things to talk about, and well, I mean, we're 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 doing this right now, uh, at eleventh. Well, it's about to be noon. And uh, there's always already a couple of things that popped off. I mean, uh, the Brittany Griner is finally coming back. That's right. Yeah, um, she finally got out of uh, Russian prison, which must be. So it wasn't like the Gulag, right? It was something else. But yeah, mm-hmm. props to Brittany Griner. But we all they also like we had uh, trade them with. Um, Apparently, the Lord of War. Oh yeah. So now how does that work out, right? So basically, because because um, and I I understand being partial to smoking weed and everything, but just because she got caught with a bunch of weed, now some dude who sells who knows what kind of guns I got to read up on him yeah. is now back in operation. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Just I don't know. Back in back uh, op- operation, but uh, he is back uh, in um, yeah, Russian uh, 
Against the Russian prison system. Oh, you think he's going to go back to prison? You think he's going to go, like, he released to go back to prison in Russia? Maybe. I I don't know exactly the full detail of it, but... Because uh, I think he got released so that he could figure out how to help them uh, beat Ukraine, because Ukraine is kicking their ass. Mm-hmm. As it should be. Yeah. I guess. Well, just, you know, it says here uh, he was a former military... Victor Bowd, a former military officer, was serving a 25-year prison sentence in the U.S. on charges of conspiring to kill Americans, acquire and export, export anti-aircraft missiles, uh, and provide national material support to a terrorist organization. But uh, Bowd has remained. He is innocent. Uh, the Kremlin has uh, been calling for Bout's release uh since uh slamming his sentencing in 2012 as baseless and biased which uh, you know what makes me think of it makes me think of like the premise of a movie with chuck norris and lee marvin and they got to go in to russia to smoke that dude because now he's back in operation the Delta Force, is that, I believe that's oh, what it's called. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it's right. this canon film and everything, but... Oh, man, just... Uh, like, I know where this is going to go, like, just... With, with this whole thing, but... Because I don't think that was, that was what people realized. Like, it wasn't like the U.S. was trying to forget about Brittany Griner, just like, you know, they... You know, we want the U.S. wanted to get Brittany Grind, but they had to trade trade her off with this dude. And now it's like, you know, is this you know is 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 this gonna is this gonna end up biting us in the ass, or is this just uh, you know? I think it's more of a losing face kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think whatever our intelligence forces are. You know, they like to know that they're up on their stuff and they keep these folks locked up. But I did I did hear that uh, what I, the headline I read or the, the sub headline I read did say that um, they were trying to get a, a Marine who's, who's locked up in Russia free as well. Mm-hmm. And they weren't trying to have that. Yeah. So Russia still keeps, you know, I don't know how many people they got from, from the U.S. locked up in Russian prisons, but I guess they felt that, you know. Britney had had the least amount of um, reason to be locked up out there. Mm. Which I agree. That stuff sounds foul, man. Yeah. I'm not going to say I have traveled with marijuana federally or internationally, but I know that shit. If I was going to Russia, man, I would definitely not take them for no fools. Yeah. And and bring and bring my weeds up in there. But um, because they especially from what from what I, and I've been to Russia only once in, in high school. And my 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 experience was they um, they're not very partial to people with dark skin out there. Um, although I did see like you know folks here and there, but I just remember like going to Red Square, and I was with this dude named Ron Evans from Newark, and and you know he, he's a he, he's a dark skin brother, big guy, and like people just walked up to him and just touched his skin. It was the craziest thing. 
they like crowded around him and touched his skin. And um, and I I never seen nothing like that. Anyway, I don't know if that has anything to do with Brittany Griner going to jail. I just know that they uh, you know, they look at blackness some exotic business out there. So who knows? Maybe it was someone that had some black people locked up. Well, what were you what were you doing in Russia? I used to wrestle, man. I used to wrestle in high school, and my assistant coach, rest in peace, Roman Ruderman. He was he was a uh, he was from Belarus, mm-hmm. and he hooked it up, man. And we went out there, and um, I want to write a memoir one day, and mm-hmm. I put all the details in there. But it was pretty it was a pretty wild trip. Um, yeah, it was a pretty wild trip. I did I I made sure I remember that trip forever in my life. But yeah, I was probably like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, so we stopped in Russia, and then we went to Belarus, and um, and yeah, we made it back. And this was like right, right when uh, this is like in the '90s. So this is right when uh, the Soviet Union had collapsed and everything. Mm. And um, yeah, it was a bunch bunch of dudes. I went to high school in Newark, and it was just a bunch of dudes from my high school on a wrestling team went out there, and we got our we got served. We got served because Russian people they they wrestle with a bit more intensity. Yeah, I guess that's U.S. folks. Yeah, yeah. At least better than my team. So, but yeah, that's um, that's the Russia story. Yeah. So well, you think you think about this a lot? Did you know? Did you know about Brittany Brittany Griner? Um, when she was playing out here as a youth. Uh, well, I just knew. Yeah, she knew knew she played, and I just know known about this whole thing. But it's just it wasn't. Yeah, I was I, well, I wasn't think I wasn't exactly thinking about it much, but I mean it is like a concerning issue, but just like trying to just uh, try you know, trying you know, the whole thing of just is trying to decide whether or not just like her being over there and and we had you know to to exchange her for this guy, that was just Yeah, that that's one of those like touch I, I saw it as like a very tough decision just in everything, but just so that's that's kinda like how I saw it, but just but yeah, I'm just glad she's back and everything. So just you know, so that whole thing is you know, dealt with and so just yeah, yeah, it wasn't obviously I didn't have much to, to, to talk about with this. I wasn't really we should also uh bring up uh that this this podcast is is also uh therapy uh for myself in terms of uh getting back out there and talking because as you see uh I'm trying especially to do it uh in in the early in the day uh sober because I don't get out and talk to people much and if I do I'm not sober, and uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of messed up when it's just like, you know, I have to get a few beers in me in order to be a functioning adult. I don't know if that plays in. I don't know if the, you want to talk about the vices you have. Yeah, but, so um, yeah. I'm not really big on on twelve step programs, but I gotta mm-hmm. tell you. Those meetings probably they could probably help you. AA, something like that. 
Hello, my name is Craig. All you gotta do is say your first name. And huh. then you talk about like what draws you to whatever your vice is. I mean, I, I have my own vices, but I do feel like sobriety. I'll tell you one thing that's helped me with my sobriety is mushroom coffee. And the reason mm -hmm. why is because it doesn't give you the anxiety that regular coffee gets you. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's a little pricey. It's, it's not, not as cheap as regular coffee, but I feel like it. Um, and this is not like psychedelic mushrooms either. This is like regular um, vitamin stores will sell it to you. But I feel like it doesn't give you the intensity of coffee, but it gives you the brain clarity that you might need to uh, overcome your anxieties. Cause I think a lot of it, and I'm I'm definitely no doctor. I have a cousin who's a uh, who is a um, she's not a therapist. She's a gosh, I can't think of the name she is. See, it's probably too much to strain my brain cells. Um, she is a neurologist, mm -hmm. so she studies the brain. She's not like you know. So sometimes I try to talk to her about my problems, and she's like. You know, she's not that good at giving giving feedback, but she will she will get technical on me about the brain. So, um, but yeah, I think that anxiety plays a lot part a lot into that, and and um, yeah, sometimes for me to quell my anxiety, I was drinking coffee, but coffee didn't really help because it amps up your anxiety. So now it's mushroom tea. But I mean, not mushroom tea, mushroom. Uh, like I I got this packet premix of a mushroom latte with matcha, and so um, but I ran through it already. It's like twelve dollars a bag. And it, run through it in like a week and a half so i gotta like chill out or figure out how to like serve less or something but um but i feel that yeah dealing with your anxiety is, is probably one of the keys to getting away from that because um because yeah for me it was like if i if i get if, if i um partake in anything that puts me under the influence it's harder for me to uh to accomplish like a lot of the extra shit I'm trying to do, you know, outside of like work because, you know, like we're we're journalist types, but it's so hard, especially like in a place like this with with the media imprint, it's kind of small. It's just hard to get like a regular grind. So you just got to be, you know, taking shots at different different little pitches and, and trying to get your work out there. And um, it's hard to do that for me at least, if I'm, uh, you know, not not a hundred percent brain power or whatever my brain power is, you know, at full capacity. So, um, so yeah, well, you know, I grew up in the nineties, so, you know, blunts and all that shit. I wish, uh, I wish my, I wish my cousin Pancho didn't introduce me to blunts. Cause that, that was a problem for me in the nineties for, for, for real. Is it, still, is, is it still a problem? No, because I would say no, because it's not legal in Texas. But like I was recently in California, and I could definitely see how it could be a problem out there. Um, and now when I go back home to Jersey, geez, it's what is recreational now. Well, I'm I mean, not, I'm is not it, against. Is there a problem for all. you? Just... What smoking drugs? I mean, yeah, it can be. If I get if I get too too uh, too into it. Like I said, it's a lot. I'm not, um, how I say, like, I'm not the kind of person who's been able to, like, lock down, you know, a full-fledged, long-term career for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have to work, work a lot harder to make, you know, to make connections, make ends meet. So it doesn't help me to be under the influence. So I just, I try to avoid it. Well, I... The, I try to avoid it too but it's it's 
just sometimes it's just you you're mentioning about brain clarity and that's and that's a big thing for me that I would like to because I often mm-hmm. feel that the uh anxiety and sorts uh you know plays into that as well where it's just like uh there'll be times especially you know even when I whether I'm talking or if I'm writing it's just like I'm stuck and just just stuck uh just not just creatively but just mentally just you know, things don't really flow in uh instantly and uh you know usually just uh, when i drink you know unfortunately it just it just flies out and it's not even just like just gibberish or anything it's just like it's like all the the things i w- want to say or you know want to put down uh and it's like there's no there's no really m- mental obstacles where it's just like like you're stuck at something and you can't really jump over that hurdle and i mean it was it happened last night i was actually at a bar um and i had to write this 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 lengthy review of a movie and um it just it just flowed out of me and it just and it just like it and i in 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 I was writing it and it was, and I just, it just, everything just made sense. And it just, it like the stuff I just, I thought was going to be kind of a painful thing, but it was just like, it just, you know, just, uh, just seemed to be very, uh, I knew exactly what I wanted to get across and it just didn't, I didn't feel, uh, strained or, uh, you know, I had you know tr- constantly trying to find just it just came out and I just you know put it all down and just yeah and you'll probably read that piece soon so I look forward to it I think I know which one it is mm-hmm. um what was I gonna say um it's it's difficult man I think it's a right period but I think what what being under the influence does it. I think it lowers your inhibitions and it, it gives you more confidence. And so maybe that's why the words are able to flow out. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like sometimes I think about uh, on writing, you know, Stephen King book. Mm-hmm. He always talks about how um, what was he doing? Like he was doing heroin, whatever he was doing. Some he was doing heavy, heavy drugs when he was writing stuff. And then when he just went totally sober. Um, I forget exactly the point he makes about it, but I just know that for a long time he was writing that way, always under the influence, and he stopped. And I guess he he got over some hump and, you know, still prolific. I mean, I don't know critically how well his books are, but shit, I know that guy's always getting his properties options, so he's staying rich. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the writing thing, I don't think it ever gets easy because I always hear people complain about it. I mean, for me, sometimes it takes me months to finish the draft on something it's not even because you know i'm working on some masterpiece it's because uh either the words aren't right or i have a lot of anxiety over whether or not um i'm giving due justice to what i'm doing because i'm covering as a freelancer and i'm doing it with a limited amount of space and 
all these other like excuses that pop up in my head when I'm trying to write something. Um, and a lot of times I just need the money. Like I just need like that extra, you know, couple hundred bucks to clear my bank account. And it's still, it's just hard, man. Mm-hmm. And, and, but you know, being on the influence doesn't help me either because that just, that just draw for me, it just draws out the process. I'm not, I'm not really a big, I'm not really a big drinker. Um, but, but yeah, I know that writing period is just very difficult. And, you know, if I didn't have the, the, the draw to it or whatever you say, um, if I didn't have like the, um, the impulse that like, I gotta, I gotta cover something or I gotta tell this story and I, I wouldn't do it, but I've had this impulse for years now. So, you know, and it's not like I can really just be on social media writing stuff. You know, like I gotta publish, man. I just feel like a lot of times I just want to publish, even though it takes me a long time. I know I still got shit in the hopper, and that I know is um, I look at it like this: like some of the work, some of the things that helps me get it over the hump is just the people that I've involved. Like I don't do too much uh, criticism. I really don't do any criticism. I do mostly, you know, <laughs> who make a fuck you? You know, like it's enterprising. I'll be doing enterprise story, enterprise culture stories. Mm-hmm. So those. The way to that is like I'm trying to tell the first the first draft. I, I look at it. Maybe I'm just amping it up too much, but like I'm trying to tell the first draft of history on something I think is cool, even though maybe somebody else has written about it in some other form. But I always look at it as like I'm trying to, you know, put this on a historical record, and I get a lot of pressure of like I got to do it a certain way because it's not going to get edited the same since I'm not a staffer, and it's just going to be like you know, freelance copy that they can throw into the hopper to make sure they get clicks or something. Um, and by they, I just mean like, you know, the entities I tend to write for. Mm. But um, I would tell you by the time I had a New York Times uh, article, get accepted. So I, I pitched a New York Times article mm. and I finished writing it and it went through a whole bunch of revisions. And then at the last friggin' minute, they were like, nah, this isn't this. We can't run this because it has to be more of a, of a uh, you know, U.S. wide exploration of something. And we'll pay you, but we're not gonna run it. So they basically they didn't they didn't give me the kill fee. They gave me the full fee, which I thought was cool. But like my New York Times debut, man, didn't happen. And I basically was writing about I was about writing about lowrider culture in New York mm-hmm. City, which had been written before to a degree, but it was written before and, and like some dude wrote about it in like the auto section or something like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't really get too deep into the culture part. It was just kind of like, oh, wow, there's people who have uh, lowrider clubs in New York. But I was trying to hit it from the the, the cultural perspective, and they kind of liked that, and it was for the style section. So I talked a little about the style, X, Y, Z. And at the end, some editor there, some freaking editor was just like, nah, we did, we can't give these, you know, we can't just, yeah, nah. And then I don't know what happened, man. So the last minute, they were like, nah, we can't run this, sorry. But... Anyway, um, writing, difficulty in writing, mm. and then having it uh, shitted on. So it's the life of the freelance. That's that freelance life. Mm. That ever happened to you? You ever get a, you ever get a, uh, a story killed at the last minute? Because the uh. editors changed their mind? Uh, I, I, I don't no, not ex- I don't know exactly. I'm, I'm trying to think back. I mean, I've had, had I have had some kilfy moments, but uh, just I can't think like a whole 
story I wrote, and then they just they just stopped at the last minute and said, "No, it's not going to happen." So just I, it it probably happened at one point, but I don't really remember. It. Uh, I always kind of like, especially when it comes to writing, I just like, keep it pushing. So if you know if you can, if you can't use the story, I'll just write something else down the line. Just you know, so right, yeah. So are you gonna, are you gonna get out of bed today, or today's not one of those days? I what well, well, I may. I, well, I, I guess we should also point out that just I'm just doing this lying down. Uh, I'm on my laptop and just. Uh, just trying to uh, just come up with some stuff to, to, to talk about. Like, I don't know if you hear about Celine Dion. She got, uh, you know, she now she got a got a neural, I believe, a neurological brain disorder oh. that's been giving her spasms, and which has been prohibiting her from doing all the stuff she usually does. So. Yeah, you know, Celine Dion fans are not are not taking that well. So. I'm sorry for the fans. Yeah, I'm sorry for Celine. I mean, she doesn't really need to work anymore, though. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's not cool to be uh, incapacitated. Yeah, whatever is going on. Mm -hmm. Man, that song just popped in my head from Titanic. Thanks. Did you see Titanic when it came out, or did yeah. you see it later? Yeah. I how many times? How many times did you see it? I saw it uh, once in the theater when uh yeah I saw it at the the the, the, the Cinemark Tinseltown West Chase I believe which is not there anymore so so yeah I just got that you know saw that oh yeah I, I was wondering is this gonna be the movie gonna be the big hit that is supposed to be because it was supposed to come out in the summer of ninety seven. But James Cameron, uh, uh, you know, said he wanted to take his time with this, and um, so yeah, he put the push it up to December, and he did, and of course, the movie went on to 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 make a shitload of money, and now here we are. Him, he here about he's about to drop Avatar two, which I hear is long as shit. You looking forward to that? Um, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the first one, um, so, I mean, not really, man. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking forward to it, but I'll probably go see it. I mean, I got a kid, so he's kind of into it, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I would have rather seen, like, a Terminator reboot or something, to be honest, or an Aliens, an Aliens reboot, or, uh. Or True Lies reboot. Mm -hmm. Trying to think of another James Cameron movie I like. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, what 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 what's your favorite James Cameron movie? Oh, geez, I just oh, I'm in just yeah, I guess I don't know. Since I can't think of what at the moment, I'll just go with Titanic. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so just, James Cameron. I, I mean, I do, he, I do love he, his come up story, though. I mean, James Cameron. You would think the man, the man would have been like a, 
more prolific. I mean, he was prolific in his early days because, you know, he did, you know, 80s. It was just like he was, uh, you know, with Terminator and uh, uh, Terminator yeah. and Aliens and, and the Abyss. The Abyss. And, yeah, and, and all that stuff. And so, but like he did Titanic, you know, just like it took him forever to do uh, to drop Avatar, which is so it's, it's like a very long gap between those two movies, and so yeah, so so it's just like he's you know I don't really think of James Cameron being one like oh just 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 thinking of all the you know the the movies he's done throughout his career and everything. So. He did produce um, Alita. Mm-hmm. The battle, yeah, the battle anime thing, yeah. Some documentaries, but I think I think that's some G shit, man. To just be like, hey, man, I I done cracked Hollywood wide open. I'm gonna take my time. Before I think, when I was younger, I used to look at that as like, oh man, they 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 quitting so early. Like they're not giving us, you know, we want more. But mm-hmm. now as like an older dude, I can feel that, man. If you got a couple hits under your belt. Just chill out, man. Just chill out. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I used to really, like, think of, like, any kind of celebrity that, like, fell off the radar or something. I was like, oh, man, why they quit? Like, they got to keep going. You know what? I used to also think this about journalists who decided mm-hmm. to go into PR or something like that. And now I understand it. Because I used to really, like, just think, oh, they quit. They gave up. Oh, they're so weak. Some people just don't want to be on that treadmill, man. Just mm-hmm. running, trying to make things happen. Because I'm sure James Cameron, even though he's got, you know, green light powers, is still... He didn't want to come off like George Lucas and make a bunch of shitty movies or Francis Ford Coppola make a bunch of shitty movies, you know, after mm-hmm. after they made like their hits. Because you could you could count on your fucking on your hand, full hand, like all the stinkers those guys have made so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least like every James Cameron movie that comes out, you could probably be like, oh, OK, he, he did something new or, or, or significant or like Spielberg. Spielberg got a, got a slew of movies like I st- I'm still trying to watch War Horse. I don't know. Was that a good movie? I don't know. Was it? I just. I, I don't know. I'm I, trying to. I, he's prolific, Spielberg. Oh yeah. I mean, like there, you know, especially after uh, yeah, he did um, Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. There's this ongoing thing where he would just make two movies a year somehow, mm-hmm. and one was often often always better than the other. Just, you know. I never noticed that. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did do a bunch. Yeah, when I saw a Jurassic Park, did he do Jurassic Park three? He did Jurassic Park three, right? No. He did two. Yeah, he did, he did one and two. Oh, okay. Why well, I thought he did three, mm-hmm. which is the one that's just like Jaws but on land. Is that two? Or all of them like that? But there was one well, that specifically had like Jaws shots. Well, just I I don't know which one you talked to exactly. I mean, Jurassic Park three is the only one I still haven't seen because that one looks the most ridiculous. But just they just keep remaking that one. Yeah, Jurassic pretty Park much. Three. It's just I I never saw the whole fascination with the whole Jurassic Park movies. Just I was never like oh, it's like oh dinosaur or you know dinosaurs. Oh okay. Dinosaurs, uh, man! Were... Didn't you have a little pla- packet of plastic dinosaurs when you were a kid? No, no. They used no. to sell them everywhere. You used to get the little dinosaur with the fan on the back. Mm-hmm. You used to get the 
Tyrannosaurus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I get it. I get it totally. Why why people want to keep seeing that shit? Because um, animatronic digitized dinosaurs. That's just some cool shit. Hey, I got I got to get rolling soon. Okay. Well, yeah. Hop on, hop on this. Hop on this. Uh, this freeway. This freeway of love. Some Maryland. Man, imagine if I got to commute to Maryland every morning. It's not it's the, the sacrifices we make for our childrens. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, it'd be it, you know, I I think it would be easier to, to go from you know where you live to six ten, and then yeah. go to Maryland and just trying to, to to see if you can get through fifty nine and then head over to you know over there, but. Yeah, you do. Yeah, how do you, you know? That's exactly the direction I was about to go. I was about to take 50, hop on fifty nine because I'm right here. Well, I mean, I mean, I know it's like you know. That's the thing is because when I was growing up, that was how uh, my family usually went. Just like they, I didn't know there was a, like a fifty nine until I was well in into uh, my uh, college years. Like that's like oh, there's this whole other part of the city that uh-huh. I know because it was because I, I don't know what it was. Just you know, my mom would just always take six ten, and that was that was just the part of Houston I knew. Just this, just that whole six, the southeast area of uh, of Houston. So I'm still learning the highways in Houston. My favorite was living in California. There was a five, the one ten, the ten. The one, mm-hmm. I knew all those. You yeah. know, in Jersey, you got the Jersey Turnpike, you got the Parkway, you got one in nine. Out here, 59, West Loop, East Tech, all that sh- I'm still trying to learn it, man. I've been out here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that, that my goal is to, and also because GPS doesn't fuck me up because I rely on that too much. Yeah. So my, my goal for the next year is to really, really learn the Houston freeway system so that I know it by name. If somebody says they live in West Loop or some shit, I know exactly what they're talking about. And I don't have to like say exactly where is that again? Because that, that usually happens. Yeah. All right, Craig. I'm All out. right. Well, well wait, how did you get back on it? Yeah, just this the how did this go? Was this something that was cool? I mean, if, if we're just doing a conversation type thing yeah. that I mean honestly, I didn't know you were doing it to I mean you did mention you were doing it to help you, but I am I'm, I'm there for that, man. I'm all about exercising demons and, and dealing with uh, mental health issues or anything, not issues, but, you know, dealing with just better in our mental health. Cause you know, as, as, as black men, as brothers of color, you know, um, we don't, we don't really give ourselves enough space to, yeah. to say like, we need that help, you know? So I'm glad that, that you, you know, you put that out there. Cause a lot of times I do too. A lot of times, like I got a therapist right now is going to charge me a hundred bucks a month, but I mean, a hundred bucks a week, but I can't afford that right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this kind of thing is useful. Um, and, you know, I like talking about pop culture and culture in general. So, so yeah, man, holler at me. I'm, I'll be free. All you right. Do it. You still do it. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, good luck with what you got to do, man. I'm going to see what else I can do with the rest of my day. All right, man. Stay productive if you can. All right. You too. Later. Later.